Let's turn our Bible this morning to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 26. We'll get right into the message this morning, Isaiah chapter number 26. And while you're turning there, let me just remind you to uh, stay uh, close to the Lord and uh, different schedules and uh, different mindsets and different uh, requirements and recommendations uh, should not change. If anything, it should make us closer to the Lord. So let me encourage you to stay close to the Lord and uh, uh, stay in communication with one another, pray for one another, and uh, let's look forward to seeing how God uses all of this, uh, not just in our life, uh, but in the life of our church and the life of our nation and this world. Uh, we say it all the time. We say it all the time. I talk about it. I mention it from the pulpit from time to time. Uh, Christ's return is imminent. And we say amen and we shake our heads, but when things like this take place, it just gets us one step closer uh, to the Lord returning. We certainly look forward to that and trust that you're prepared to meet him. But today I want to read from Isaiah chapter number 26. I'll read the first four verses. Uh, our text this morning is going to be a verse of scripture that uh, the Holy Spirit has brought to my mind uh, here recently. And uh, let me encourage you to uh, constantly be in the word of God. Be putting the Word of God in you, uh, because uh, with the scripture I'm going to read as our text this morning, I didn't go looking for it. Uh, the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind in a time where it'll be a help to us. But if you're not putting anything in, there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to bring to mind. And so uh, I trust that we'll <coughs> turn to the Word of God even more so in this day we live in. But let's follow along Isaiah 26, beginning with verse number 1. In that day... Shall this song be sung in the land of Judah? We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates. The righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I want to draw your attention to two words in verse number three. It's the two words, perfect peace. Peace, isn't that something that we all want? Peace, isn't it something that this world, uh, first of all, claims that they have, and we know that's not true, but they want peace. <laughs> we all want peace. The pastor, I just had some peace about the situation. Or if I had peace about what we're going through, well, my Bible tells me that there is perfect peace available. That perfect peace is available peace. It's complete peace. It's a unfailing peace. Think of that. You and I, as a child of God, have a promise of peace. God is a God that wants us to have peace. We think of heaven. We think of our eternal home or where we'll spend our eternity after this life and when we leave this world or when our Savior calls us home, what a, what a wonderful place, what an attractive place. But it's a place of peace. It's a place of no turmoil. <laughs> this morning, I want to preach on this subject, the promise of peace. The promise of peace. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray this morning that through the Word of God, <clears throat> You would strengthen us. Through the Word of God... You would comfort us. But even through the word of God, you might convict us in areas that we need to be convicted. Father, I pray that you'll build your people today. I pray the spirit of God would be used to strengthen 
your church, strengthen uh, the believer today. And Father, may we live a victorious life, not because of our circumstances, but because of a peace that is given to us by you. And Father, I pray that uh, throughout this message, uh, may we look to you, may we be reminded of what a wonderful and mighty God you are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The word peace can be defined as a state of quiet or tranquility. Freedom from agitation from the passions as from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. Peace, a state of quiet or tranquility. Uh, We sometimes, we say, what a peaceful situation. What do we mean? It's quiet. It's tranquil. But you go on, that that exists because there is freedom from agitation or getting worked up from the passions or the emotions that we possess. Fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. It's hard to have peace when a Christian is agitated because of fear. I preached recently that it's not a sin to have fear. It's a sin to live in the spirit of fear. Why? Because as a a human being, we have emotions like fear, like anger, like like, um, sorrow. and, And all of these emotions that we have, they're a natural response for us. But when we allow them to get worked up, it gives us a life of no peace. That is what we need to be reminded about peace. And we have this promise of a life of peace. A peace where we don't have to get worked up because of our anxieties. We don't have to live in an agitated state because of our fears. We don't have to live in an agitated state from the natural emotions we have of anger and fear and all the emotions that we have. We can have a spirit, a life of tranquility. See, Pastor, are you saying that this world's going to be perfect? No, I didn't say that. But I did say you can have peace in an imperfect world. We look at our passage of Scripture this morning, and we know the history of Israel. And if you know the history of Israel at all, you know that Israel had come through some difficult times. Israel would go into some more difficult times. Israel, it seemed like most of the time, they were in difficult times. But yet, in the midst of difficulty, we find in this passage of Scripture the promise of peace. We can have peace. And by way of introduction, I want to remind all of us this morning, peace that the Bible speaks of, Peace that comes from God is attainable. It is not something that is kept away from us and we can never have it. We can have peace in our life. It can be true in our life that we have the peace of God. It can be true in our life that in uncertain times we can have the peace of God. It can be true that in the midst of difficulty, our burdens... See, let's just be honest. We had burdens before all this crisis came. 
We had difficulties before we had to slow down. Uh, we had heartache that we were dealing with and disease we were battling long before uh, we were ever uh, put on, on alert of another threat. But in the midst of all that we've had to deal with, the midst of what we deal with today, I want to remind you this morning that peace is attainable. Now, let me remind you the definition of peace. Tranquility is attainable. We don't have to live in an agitated state because of fear, because of sorrow, because of anger. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand the circumstances. Stay with me. The Bible says we have a promise of peace. And friend, let me remind you, if God makes a promise, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. And we'll look at that a little bit more in our message this morning. I want to make a few statements to you this morning about this promise of peace. Because sometimes we forget that. Sometimes, as a Christian, if we're honest, we'd admit that we don't really believe it. Sometimes, as a Christian, we let circumstances dictate how we approach things. We should not do that. Not only is peace attainable for the child of God, the child of God should live in peace. Too many times a Christian lets their emotions make their decisions for them. Their emotions decide whether they're happy or they're sad. You say, well, Pastor, that's what emotions are. But you've got to understand, we have peace that's attainable. We have the promise of peace. Let me make statement number one to you this morning. The promise of peace is not dependent on surroundings. The promise of peace is not dependent on surroundings or your circumstances. Well, I know peace is available, but you don't know what's going on in my life. You're going to miss the whole point. The promise of peace is not just for those who have perfect circumstances. Because can I remind us all this morning... None of us have perfect circumstances. None of us have a life, if I can say it like this, with no complaints. What I mean by that is there's not something that has taken us by surprise. There's not something that was not anticipated. It was unanticipated. And so, therefore, we're having to deal with, it, with a burden. We're having to deal with a situation. And we look and we say, with all of this going on, I guess I just can't have peace. No, the, the promise of peace is not dependent on our surroundings. Let me remind you this morning, God never promised us a life without storms. Sometimes we as Christians, God, we're shocked that God allows a storm to come into our life. And God, I'm trying to serve you. Why do I have this storm? God never promised us a life without storms. But he did promise us his presence in the storm. God never promised us we would never enter a valley. The Christian life is not all mountaintop living. We know this. But sometimes we enter into a valley and we must be reminded he promised us he would be with us in the valley. God never promised us a life without burdens heartache, disappointment, or sorrow. 
Friend, this morning, let me remind you, he did promise us peace as we carry our burden, deal with our heartache, live with disappointment, and survive our sorrow. See, our surrounding, our environment, our circumstances does not dictate, should not dictate whether or not we have peace. Let me say it to you another way. The promise of peace is not dependent on the environment or surroundings because the source of peace is greater than your environment or surroundings. Let me say that again. The promise of peace is not dependent on the environment or surroundings because the source of peace is greater than your surroundings or environment. We have to remember that. Even in this day of crisis, if you will, and of change and so many, depending on who you listen to, the world's coming in to, come to an end tomorrow, if not tomorrow, the next day. Let me remind you, no matter what we go through, our God is greater. Our God is bigger. And we can have peace because our source of peace is greater than your surrounding or environment. You can have peace with your cancer. I didn't say you had to like your cancer, but you can have peace with it. You can have peace after divorce. You can have peace during trials. You can have peace even mourning the death of a loved one. Hey, did you know this morning you can have peace when the world shuts down? You can have peace in the midst of a pandemic? Why? Because the source that we get our peace is greater than anything you and I will ever have to deal with, you and I will ever have to face. We can have peace, and we have a promise of peace. And I want to remind you this morning, first of all, it is not dependent, that promise is not dependent on their surroundings. Sometimes we as Christians say, well, I guess that's just not for me because I have to deal with A, B, and C. Friend, you're missing the wonder of God. You're missing the promise of God. It is not, God's not dependent on any circumstance. Let me make statement number two. You can place your trust in God. Look at verse number four. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Just in case there's somebody who happens to think that the Bible is talking about another God. The scripture makes it very clear. Peace comes from Jehovah God, the omnipotent one, the omnipresent one, the omniscient one. You can place your trust in God. We have the promise, thou wilt keep him. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. That word trust, let me define it for you this morning, speaks of confidence, reliance on the mind or the integrity, the justice, the abilities of another. It's reliance on. It's a word similar to the word faith. 
if we're going to trust God, we are placing our confidence in Him. See, the trust we put in man, it, it signifies man's limitations. You see, trust in God. Say, Pastor, uh, how are you concerned? Are you worried? Not in the least bit, because my reliance is on the one who's never failed. My trust is the one who's above all things. Think about it this morning. You can trust God. I'm amazed in the day we live in, not just facing what we're facing today as a nation, but generally speaking, how many Christians really have been afraid to put their full reliance on God. Hey, you did it for salvation. You depended on Him to, to keep you out of hell. You depended on Him for forgiveness of your sins. Full reliance on what He did uh, on Calvary. Otherwise, there is no salvation. You depended on Him for that. Why can't we put full reliance on Him and trust Him for our daily bread and for Him to, do, to, to uh, 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 take care of us? It's to place confidence in. Let me ask you this morning, where is your confidence? Where's your confidence? My confidence is in God, the Lord Jehovah. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's the creator. Before there was a world, God existed. He's our shield, our high tower, our buckler. He's the everlasting one, the Lord Jehovah. Do you know you can have peace in your life? Taking the time this morning to lay this out in the outline because it's a very simple thought. God promises us peace, but we don't always place our reliance on Him. And sometimes, let's be honest, the circumstances change on us and makes us feel very insecure. When we do feel insecure about a situation... We ought to allow the Spirit of God to bring an element of conviction to us. Because when we're insecure about a situation, it's because we're reliant on something other than Him. We all deal with that because we all have emotions. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. But friend, if we're truly going to live with peace in our life, it is because we put complete reliance on God. Yes, there are, there are people that God have put in my life that I can depend on, I can count on, and I, and I use their wisdom and I use their ability, but my security is not wrapped up in any man. My full reliance is on God. Why? Because He's Jehovah. He's the everlasting one. He's the one whose strength will be forever. You know, you can have peace in your life like Noah had peace in the ark. And can I just say the world really was ending when Noah was in the ark? And you can have peace. Did you know who Noah had to depend on? Jehovah. You can have peace like Daniel in the lion's den. You can have peace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Boy, I love that scripture. Our God can deliver us, but if not, but if not, it's a full reliance on God. You know, you can have 
peace like Joseph in the pit in the prison? Why? Pastor, how can we have that same peace that we read of in Scripture? Because it's the same Jehovah God. It's the one that has everlasting strength. You can place your trust in God. We know this, church. We, we, we know this is true. But it's good for us to be reminded that in every area of our life, put your trust in God. The one who has the most peace today in their life is the one who has placed their reliance on God, who has put their trust in God. And yes, I'm going to do everything in my power that I should do, but ultimately, my strength comes from the Lord. Ultimately, my wisdom's got to come from God. Ultimately, I must depend on Him. That's where peace comes from. Reliance on Jehovah God. Statement number three. The responsibility of peace falls on the one making the promise. Don't miss this. The responsibility of peace falls on the one making the promise. Some of you need to hear this because you think peace depends on you. You think it's up to you to work out all the details, manipulate situations so that you can have peace. If I could just remove this. No, friend, let me remind you the responsibility of a fulfilled promise falls on the one who made the promise. Look at verse number three. Thou wilt. That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee that you really can take to the bank. You can count on it because it's a promise from God. It's a promise from Jehovah. It's a promise from the one with everlasting strength. It is a promise that wilt keep him. Well, think about that. Keep him how? In perfect peace. Wow. You mean, we know the answer to this before I even ask this question. You mean, Pastor, that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what I face in my life, no matter what we deal with, we can have perfect peace? Not partial peace. Perfect peace. So, Pastor, you're telling me as a Christian, I have a promise and a guarantee that I can live in perfect peace no matter what I'm dealing with. Absolutely. Well, Pastor, I just don't think you can say that. You're missing it. I didn't make the promise. Well, Pastor, I just don't think with what I'm dealing with that I can hold to that. You're missing it. I didn't make the promise. Nobody else made the promise other than God himself. See, the one making the promise, the responsibility falls on him. Because like, like, like you and, and, and like me, we have failures. We have shortcomings. We have a natural response to situations, whether it be fear or anger or sorrow. And, we, and, those, and those emotions can be strong. And those emotions can cause us to make decisions we should not, not make. We can't control our situation. 
We can't control our circumstances. We can't enter into the, the ship of our life and make the seas always be calm. But there is a promise that we can have perfect peace and the responsibility falls on the one who has never failed falls on the one who has never come up short. And Christians, some of us could get victory if we grab a hold of this because we let our circumstances be an excuse of our lack of faith, an excuse for our lack of trust because we put the stipulation on ourselves, the promise of the, the responsibilities on the one who made the promise. Wilt keep him. Let me say it like this to you. The promise is as mighty as the one making the promise. If I promised you that I would keep you in perfect peace, you'd have reason to doubt. If another man promised you that you could have perfect peace, you'd have reason to doubt. Why? Because the promise is only as mighty as the one making it. If we were dependent just on world systems, we'd have reason to doubt. But friend, this promise comes from Jehovah God. This promise comes from the one who spoke and the earth came into existence. The one who, who, who by speaking, put all the stars, the millions upon millions of stars and <coughs> the galaxies beyond, and who knows them by name. This is the one who made the promise. This is the one who guarantees you can have perfect peace. Perfect peace is attainable. The responsibility falls on the one making the promise. Let me, let me say it just like this, and I'll move to the last statement. Quit depending on you for your joy, your happiness, your peace, your comfort. Depend on God. Pastor, you just don't understand my circumstances. I don't have to understand your circumstances. As a matter of fact, you might want to jot this down. You don't have to understand them either. I've been asked, and innocently, and, and we've all asked ourselves this question in these, in these days we live in, Pastor, what in the world's going on? Have you figured it out? Absolutely not. I've got some theories, like everybody else. But can I tell you, I still have peace because I don't have to have it figured out. Because God's got it figured out. Matter of fact, God is so far ahead of this uh, that, that he, he, before this world was ever founded, he knows everything that's going to take place. So the promise, the responsibility, you can have peace about your circumstances because the it's a promise. We'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep. The number four, this is, this is important for us to see as well. When it comes to having perfect peace or receiving the promise of peace, we must keep our focus on God. It's right there in verse number three. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That responsibility is on God to keep you in a mindset and a spirit of peace. But that does not mean you and I are not without some responsibility. And it's there in verse number 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on 
thee because he trusteth in thee. Well, this verse of scripture is telling me uh, with other things is uh, our mind stays on him because we trust him. And we have perfect peace because we keep our focus on God. I don't don't know how you're handling all these things, but one thing I'm not doing is sitting in front of the television just listening to the news over and over again. Because one or two things is going to happen. I'm either going to go jump off of a bridge or I'm going to throw something through my TV. (laughs) Our mind... I'm not, I, I, I get enough information to be informed. But I want my mind to be on God. I want my focus to be on Him. Not just with what we face today, but the disappointments we may deal with in the future, the burdens we may be required to carry in the future, the the heartaches, the, the, the thorns in the flesh that we have to deal with as Christians now, we can have peace, and in order to have peace, I've got to keep my focus on God. I've got to keep my mind on Him. I have got to keep my thoughts on Him. That's why I don't have to know every, how everything is going to work out because I know God has it all worked out. I don't have to have every detail of every trial, of every tribulation that I've ever been through. I don't have to understand the meaning of why God allowed this or that in my life. I've just got to keep my focus on Him. And a lot of times as Christians... We get too much information because we want, to, we want to make sense to us. We want to have it all figured out. We want to have an explanation when we just need to keep our focus on God. I don't have to have it all worked out to have peace. I don't have to know why things happen to have peace. I've just got to keep my mind on God. I've got to keep my focus on Him. Now, how do we do that? I've heard many times over the last several days, and I know what people mean by it. I've even said it. We have to look to God. What do we do? We go outside and we look up. Wait for him to pull back the curtains of heaven and say, here I am. No, we find God on the pages of Scripture. That is how we look to God. That is how we trust God. So our immediate reflex in a situation like we're in is not to run to the government, is not to run to one another, but it's to run to God and see what God has to say on the matter. What the trials that we deal with, the things that we're going to have to face in the future that none of us know that we're going to have to face in the future, you file this away. What am I going to do? You look to God. You go to the Scripture. You go to the Word of God. You depend on God's promises. Our responsibility is to keep focus on Him. Let me tell you how a Christian, let me tell you how it ends up with a Christian who doesn't have peace. They're not focused on Scripture. Not focused on God. So, Pastor, these horrible things that I know of in my life have taken place. Put your focus on Him. Well, Pastor, in, in situations where things have been turned upside down, put your focus on Him. Can you tell? You, can I tell you what's not changed? Psalms one nineteen verse eighty nine reminds me of that. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. 
is just as true today as it has ever been. And we must keep our focus on God. So, Pastor, what, what is your advice in this, in this day that we live in? Don't get away from the Bible. Focus on Scripture. Focus on God. Illustration that comes to mind with this thought is the Apostle Peter. You're all familiar with the story, I'm sure, when they were in that storm and Jesus bid them to come out of the, the ship and Peter stepped out and began to walk on the water. But I imagine uh, an unnamed, an un, uh, it's, it's probably harder to number uh, many things than the number of the amount of messages that have been preached by preachers through the centuries from that story. But we know the story and when Peter took his focus off of the Son of God, that's when he began to sink. You see, for the time when he kept his eyes on Jesus, you could say it like this, he had peace about a situation. I don't believe from Scripture, I don't believe that the waves got higher from the point that he walked and began to sink. What changed? Circumstances didn't change. Focus changed. And that's what happens in the life of a Christian. I think in the midst of him walking on that water, he was at perfect peace with this situation. In spite of the storm, in spite of the circumstances, because his focus was on God. When he took his focus off of God and on the circumstances, he began to sink. He didn't have peace about his situation because his focus was not where it should be. And friend, I'm thankful this morning that I have a God who does not change. I'm thankful that I have a God who's greater than any circumstance you and I will ever face. I am thankful that I have a God who says, if you just keep your focus on me, I will keep you with the peace that you have to have. So many Christians walk through like, oh, I wish I had peace. I wish I had peace. I need to change this and this so maybe I'll have peace. No, 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 no. You're trying to do God's job. It's not your job to keep peace in your life. It's not your job to have peace about every situation. It's your job to just focus on God. And my Bible tells me that Jehovah God says, I make a promise that I will keep you in perfect peace, and you'll have peace throughout your day. You'll have peace when you make your decisions. You'll have peace in your life because you kept your focus on me. Let's quit as God's people trying to do God's job and work situations out so I can have peace in life. When all we have to do, all we have to do according to his word is keep our focus on him. And God says, I give you a promise. I will keep you in peace. How can we have peace in the day we live in today? Focus on God. Focus on God. You can tell which Christians are focused on God today and which ones are not. Those with peace are focused on him. Doesn't mean there's no fear. It just means by definition, word definition, it means we're not worked up because of it. Doesn't mean there's no 
reason to be alarmed. It just means we're not going to get worked up. Why? Because our reliance is on God. This truth is a life-changing truth, not just because of what we deal with today. Because there's too many Christians that say, if I get the right job, then I'll have peace in my life. If I can just find the right person, then I'll have peace in my life. If I could just end up in the right circumstances, then I'll have peace in my life. You won't find that anywhere in the Word of God. But can I tell you, what is written in black and white on my King James Bible this morning is a promise from the same God that delivered Noah the same God that delivered Daniel, the same God that delivered the three Hebrew children, that God says, I will give you peace. How is it that some Christians who have so little in this world have the greatest peace? It's because they're not keeping themselves in peace. God is keeping them with peace because they're focused on God. How is it that a church can have peace even in great trial? Why? It's because we're not depending on ourselves to give us peace. We're depending on God, and we're looking to God. And God says, I will keep my promise. I'll give you peace. I'll grant you peace. The only thing a Christian is going to get by trying to work out their own peace in this life is frustration and failure because you are attempting to do the work that God says is his. The responsibility falls on the one making the promise. You focus on him. I'll keep you in perfect peace. Oh, this is a life-changing truth this morning. God wants you to have peace in life. In an hour of nationwide crisis, an hour of personal crisis, God will grant you peace. We can't rewrite the scripture. Many have tried. But that peace comes, that promise of peace comes for the one whose mind is stayed on thee. Because God is the one who does not fail and cannot fail. Oh, when someone <coughs> loses a loved one, we pray a prayer something like this. May the Spirit of God comfort them and give them a peace that only he can give. And that's so true. But you know that same Spirit of God gives us peace every day? If we'll just keep our mind on Him, on Him. Who's your trust in today? Who are you depending on today? Who are you counting on today? Who are you placing your alliance on? See, the Christian can God, no matter what goes on around us, this world has always been in turmoil. From the time of our text, the prophet Isaiah, God's people have always lived in a world in turmoil because sin has brought turmoil to this world. But you know, God's people in the midst of a storm can have a whole lot of peace, have a whole lot of comfort. We just have to keep our eyes focused on Him. This morning, your focus is not where it should be. As we get ready to conclude the service, I want you to take an inventory of your life. 
Are you uneasy about something in your life? It's real simple. The reason why you're uneasy, the reason why you have those fears, if you're not careful, they'll lead you to make a decision you should not make. It's because you're not depending on the source of peace for peace. Let's look to him this morning. Father, I pray <coughs> that we'll...